Hey everybody, my name is Brian. Welcome to another episode of Quality Time with Koalas. Today is episode 003, Negan, the Antihero. Quality Time with Koalas is hosted by me, Brian Koalas, where we bring free speech into the arena of ideas with no BS, just honest dialogue, analysis, and opinion on a wide range of topics, i.e. news, culture, politics, religion, TV shows, books, movies, etc., in a coffee-style conversation of free thought without the cancel culture thought police. If what we discuss here offends you, well, just give your balls a tug, and let's get on with it. Today we are talking about a major character called Negan on the TV show The Walking Dead. It's been a long time since we've had a TV villain character that people love to hate. You remember back in the 1980s when you had J.R. Ewing, the original J.R. Ewing played by Larry Hagman on the TV show Dallas? Well, a lot of people love to hate that character, and they tuned in every week to watch. Well, we have a new character that's been on the screen for several years now, and his name is Negan, the bastard of a villain with his swagger and barbed wire-wrapped bat. The character of Negan is played by an actor named Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and he came into the cinematic universe of The Walking Dead at the end of Season six. That finale, back in 2016, and man oh man has it been a brain-bashing journey. Negan certainly has been on a long journey to the end of season 10, the final episode of that season. And that's where I want to focus on today, season 10 finale. Here's Negan. Now I'm a fan of great storytelling, no matter the genre. I never get into graphic novel comics, Knowing of the Walking Dead is a comic book story. But I have stayed with this TV show, not because I like zombies. I actually don't care anything about zombies. That The zombies actually don't interest me at all. There's no story that I actually get into on, on that aspect. But rather, it's the really, the really richly written characters from Rick and Carl and Daryl and Maggie Michonne, Carol, etc., and all the other characters that are in this this show—they're so rich and they're so deep in the in the in the writing—and all the others, including Negan—that really fascinates me. The hero in this story is Rick Grimes, played by actor Andrew Lincoln. Now it's Negan, a major villain, that becomes the story's anti-hero. Now, if you're with me so far, keep going, because there is a point to this story. You may be wondering why I like a character who beat in the brains of Glenn, Maggie's husband, and another guy by the name of Abraham, melted Dwight's face with an iron, and then raped his wife, Sherry. He's a truly despicable character, and yet he was the leader of of a group called the Saviors, who fought against Rick Grime and his crew. When Rick and Negan finally fought 
and Rick nearly killed Negan. He saved his life and locked Negan up for eight years. A lot of things changed in this world and within Negan himself. Now, it's important to understand that an anti-hero is a main character in a story who lacks the typical heroic qualities of bravery, courage, morality, and the special ability and desire to achieve for the greater good. The word anti-hero comes from the Greek, where the prefix anti means against, and the word hero means a protector or defender. Often in books and movies, you have a protagonist and an antagonist, both essential characters in a story, but propel the plot in different and usually opposite ways. The protagonist works towards the central story goals, while the antagonist works against the goals. Most of the time, in the stories, a protagonist is the hero, and most of the time in stories, the antagonist is the villain. I'll give you some examples. Katniss Everdeen in The Hunger Games, Harry from Harry Potter, and Rick Grimes in The Walking Dead. They are protagonists. Voldemort from Harry Potter, Darth Vader in Star Wars, Cruella DeVille, 101 Dalmatians, and Negan in The Walking Dead are antagonists. But Negan is also an anti-hero protagonist. Negan, being saved from his throat being sliced and locked away all those years, have left a question out there. What if Negan escapes? Young Judith, Rick's only surviving kid, sort of, talked a lot with Negan himself. It was Judith who could have killed Negan many times. Carol and Michonne and Daryl and certainly Maggie all wanted to take Negan out. Now, as the story evolved, a new and more powerful villain appeared in their world. A person by the name of Alpha. This is a woman. She was more of a threat to their lives than Negan ever was. A monster of biblical proportion. Alpha led a group called the Whisperers, and her second in charge was named Beta. Alpha's hold on people was so powerful that it even make Hannibal Lecter seem like child's play. Now, Negan is still a villain and had still been locked up, but he had escaped briefly for short periods of time, and it was only Negan who could have saved young Judith from freezing to death, and he did. It was also Negan who convinced the people of four communities within this story, the Alexandrians, the Hilltop, Oceanside, and the Kingdom, that they had to have a system of civilization and rules in order to prosper. Kind of odd coming from a guy who was a terrorist himself in many aspects. But an even worse terror was growing, and someone like Carol knew that after witnessing the the horrific terror trauma at the hands of Alpha and the Whisperers, that it had to be her or Negan to kill Alpha. Carol let Negan go and be a part of the Alpha's Whisperer's inner circle or die trying to kill Alpha. Only Negan could have gotten so wrapped up in that role and become close to Alpha and ultimately remove Alpha's character off the chessboard. We don't see much of Negan after that, but Maggie returns 
and she sees Negan. So the season 10 finale opens with Maggie walking her son Herschel down the sidewalk and eyes Negan. And Negan looks at Maggie. The wounds are deep, very deep. Carol takes Negan to a cabin to keep the peace. And that is where Negan's backstory begins. Negan is alone in the cabin, drinking next to a fire. And then his alter ego comes out and taunts him. Little pig, little pig, let me in. Now we never knew what happened to Negan's bat. We just assumed that it had been destroyed, but they never told us in this story. The next day, Negan goes out to the tree where he fought with Rick. And he starts thinking about where that bat is at. He starts digging all over the place for that bat until he finally founds it. He digs it up, and there it is, Lucille, his bat. We now flash back 12 years earlier at the beginning of the zombie apocalypse, and Negan is held captive by a gang trying to get chemo drugs back to his wife, Lucille, who has cancer. Now, six weeks earlier, Negan has given his wife infusions of chemotherapy at their home, and they're using a generator to keep the refrigeration and freezer going for the chemotherapy drugs. Now, Negan goes out to kill a zombie, but can't, because he's not a very good killer. And then Lucille comes out with her IV of chemo drugs hanging on a stand and shoots a zombie with her handgun, i.e. a walker. She looks at her husband and says, come inside, I want to watch a movie. There are several scenes of them being somewhat intimate and sharing a life, what little life they have, knowing that she's incredibly sick and is dying of cancer in this strange new world. Husband and wife are alone, trying to be together. And Negan sings to her a Joe Cocker song, You Are So Beautiful to Me. Then it cuts to a scene where they're having dinner. And at the end of dinner at the house, Lucille then says, Happy anniversary, and gives him a, a bag, a gift. And in that bag is the black leather jacket. And this jacket, which we know from the previous seasons, was part of his persona. Negan selfishly bought that jacket back when the world was still intact. And they fought and argued with it. And Lucille hid it from him, but she finally gave it to him as she knew that her days were coming to an end. It's their anniversary, and she just wants to feel like it's a normal Saturday and just be together and fall asleep in each other's arms. They wake up the next morning, and the chemo drugs are ruined because the generator quit working and it ruined all the drugs. So Lucille says, I have something to tell you. At that point, the story goes seven months earlier over the argument of the jacket. And Lucille wants Negan to go with her to her doctor's appointment where she's got to get an MRI. But Negan says that, well, he's got to go see his parole officer. She finds out that Negan actually lied. And Negan cheated on her with her friend Janine. Now, at this point, she's waiting for Negan at home. And below the table, she's got her hand on the handgun, just waiting for him to come through the door. As he comes through the door, she doesn't pull out the gun. Instead, with her other hand, she throws a bunch of pamphlets on the table 
and says to him, I've got cancer. Now back at the zombie apocalypse timeline, both Negan and Lucille, they wake up and there's no chemo drugs. And Lucille wants Negan to stay with her to the end and not look for any more doctors or any more medication. Negan tells Lucille that we're not giving up on you. That you never gave up on me with all of the crazy stuff that I did. And I'm not giving up on you living. Negan scours the countryside and he does find a doctor and the medications that, that he needs. But on his way back, he is held captive by a gang. And then the only way he can save himself to get back to Lucille is he's got to rat out the doctor and take the meds back to Lucille. And that's what he does. As Negan enters the house and approaches the bedroom door, the door's closed and there's writing on it, on it that says, please don't leave me like this with a heart written on it. He walks in and he sees Lucille as a zombie, bag over her head, tied to the bed with empty pill bottles. Devastated, Negan weeps as the song You Are So Beautiful to Me by Joe Cocker plays in the background. After a period of time, he gathers himself together and goes outside and finds some barbed wire and he wraps it around the bat. Then he douses the house full of gasoline and puts on the last gift that Lucio gave him, which is that black jacket. He sets the house on fire, busts out of the house, and rides off on a motorcycle. He goes after the gang that held him captive that kept him away from Lucille. He begins killing the gang members until he gets to the gang leader and begins to get some, some things off his chest by telling this story to the gang leader. So Negan tells about this story of him and his wife. They were on a date at a bar and he was playing a song on the jukebox, Joe Cocker's You Are So Beautiful to Me. And there was this obnoxious guy who would not be quiet. And after his wife, Lucille, told the guy to be quiet, that particular obnoxious guy told Lucille off. So Negan goes up to the guy and says, Hey, that's not very nice of you. You owe me money for that song so my wife can listen to this song. And the guy and him got into a fight. Negan sees Red so much that he ends up beating up the guy. And he ends up getting sued by the guy, has to pay for his medical bills, and gets fired from his job. Negan then decides he's going to kill the gang leader with the bat. Now, at this point, we come back to the present day in the field where he finds his bat. And as a walker approaches him, he takes that bat and he kills the walker. But doing so splits the bat into several pieces. So he goes back to the cabin. And that evening, at a fireplace, with the fire going, out loud he prays and professes his love for, for Lucille. He says, I'm going to do your fighting for you. And puts the bat into the fire. The next day, Negan walks back to Alexandria Town, where Carol and Maggie see Negan. And Negan smirks at Maggie, and Maggie sees red. That's the season 10 finale. And what a finale it was. We finally find the backstory to Negan. And what also is interesting is that Negan and Lucille are played by real-life husband and wife Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Hillary Burton Morgan 
I think it's fascinating that they were able to tell this story about two people who loved each other. A very flawed Negan before the apocalypse. And now this horrific character that actually has somewhat of a redemption arc. Now, The Walking Dead is wrapping up this whole story with one more season, season 11. I don't know what's going to happen with Negan, but what I suspect what will probably come our way is that Rick is going to be coming back at the end of that season, of the end of this storyline, and that Negan's story will wrap up. I still think that he is still the anti-hero, that he will still have an impact in saving people's lives, maybe even Maggie. And I do think that Maggie and him are going to square off. But before Negan is taken off the chessboard, I think he has more of a story to tell. So what is the big takeaway here? Well, I think I can wrap this up in a famous parable, the story of two wolves. It goes something like this. A fight is going on inside of me, said the old Cherokee Indian to his grandson. It is a terrible fight between two wolves. One wolf is evil. He has anger, envy, greed, arrogance, resentment, lies, and ego. He continued, the other wolf is good. He has joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The boy thinks for a minute and asks his grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. Well, I think that's the struggle throughout all of humanity. We see that oftentimes in the Bible. We all have a choice, and it is possible to be redeemed. And with that, we will catch you next time.